0: Hi well, guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the In The Hub podcast, brought to you by Playbox Technology UK. This week, we're speaking to Alexander and Andre from MediaLux, the media software development company that specializes in delivering video technology solutions to the broadcasting market. Hope you enjoy. Well, there we go. So welcome to the podcast, guys. How are you both doing today? Good. Thank you very much for having us no of course it was great to get you guys on um so obviously just before we start with the main kind of questions that we've got for you here just for a little bit of background how did you both start out in the in the broadcasting industry
1: Alex do you want to start
2: well I guess it's your turn because my story is not well really based on the broadcasting at the beginning <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I guess I guess it's kind of uh similar for me as well so um we didn't ever start in the broadcast industry. We were sort of um, led into the industry by our customers. So we started a software company doing uh, direct show filters. And that meant doing something with uh, video. And we had no idea where that was going or where those technologies were used. So we just did it. And eventually, the the customers sort of um, showed us the way to where those products are used. And that was uh, primarily the broadcast industry at first.
0: Uh, so it was very much a case that you guys kind of fell into it. You weren't expecting it. Um, and I, I noticed there you, you, you obviously mentioned that you uh, primarily were, were focused on different industries than broadcasting. So what other industries are you guys still involved with? So those are... Um, um, there's we do we do a lot with
1: customers in in the broadcast industry, but and and broadcast is split into sort of different areas. For instance, if uh, if a customer of ours is building a uh, vision mixing solution, is that the broadcasting industry or or is that something you know adjacent? Because um, some some solutions are used in um, visual radio. And that is uh, sort of not exactly broadcasting in the common sense. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then other other industries that we've um, um, we went into um, with the SDK product was um, medical surveillance, um, media servers, that's entertainment, um, gaming, and you know visual inspection, industrial imaging. Alex, did I, did I miss any any of the SDK applications here?
2: Basically the are or them. Yeah. So it
0: is it's quite a, a wide range then of, of industries and applications. So one day you could be dealing with with obviously a medical provider, the next day it's a, a multinational broadcaster. Um sounds quite exciting for you guys. Yeah,
1: so it's it's any anywhere
0: where video is used professionally. No sounds great, guys. And and for anyone who doesn't actually know about the company uh media Looks as a company. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the company. What main products and services do you guys provide, as, as well as the SDK? Uh,
2: well, it's kind of a Lego constructor for video develop for, for developers who build uh, video applications. So just a, a set of blocks that you can combine to build some some castle or a building or a house, whatever you can imagine. You can build with the bricks <laughs> provided by MediaOut. That's a metaphor for uh, always
0: decay that we provide the, the customers. Yeah, I love that metaphor. You guys providing that those building blocks for people to create something re- really, you know, good. Um, and I know much of the kind of ethos and, and the value behind your company and your products is about saving time for developers. Um, you know, developers' time is obviously so worth you know worth so much uh, in this day and age. So in the kind of fast-paced world of of, of broadcasting itself. How important and valuable is saving time to your customers?
2: It's always a trade-off between the quality and the time and for the development. And the time to market is uh, really important for the customers uh, to bring the products to the market and start to gather some value well, uh, well and revenue uh, for, for, for the company they rule. And, uh, and we actually try our best to to combine both uh, approaches we save the uh, time for the customers and we provide
0: them with a quality solution yeah so i, I it, it just dawned on me just how obviously if you can help out developers in any way by providing one of those building blocks so they then don't have to spend you know weeks or months working on that themselves uh, especially in this industry it just saves so much time and just helps the product get to market faster doesn't it
1: and that's this is exactly the the value proposition that we have with the uh, with the video SDK. It's just it's it's specifically faster time to market of the product. and also another another way um, our customers explaining it is that um, it allows them to focus on uh, the issues of their business, on the things that matter to their customers, which is, Either the workflow, the specific tiny features they need, or the user interface or customer support, and they don't spend this uh, enormous development effort on building the the bricks the 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 encoders, the decoders, the the pipeline, the the graphics, the vision mixing, the effects, everything that that we handle with within the video SDK.
0: yeah. No, no. We can speak from experience from from playbox side as well. Just how much that kind of helped our guys uh, in the uh, in the development phase. I'm I'm also kind of curious about what you guys think about open source technologies. So obviously, you guys being really technology kind of minded um, uh, to the outside world, uh, the people who, who might not know much about the topic. Uh, could you kind of explain the benefits and drawbacks of making a technology open source? Well, if
2: uh, something is free, it doesn't mean that you know how to use it. (laughs) (laughs) We really uh, use uh, under the hood of the video SDK some of the open source technologies like FFM tech uh, we are pretty fine with uh, the experience with it, and uh, actually we just uh, simplified the approach to use the same technologies uh, for outside for, for non-video developers. So anyone uh, from uh, from any de- with any background uh, can start uh, building video-based uh, software using our SDK without any uh, any basic understanding of what video is and how to. Pro- process so they're uh well reducing the threshold into the industry is the one of the benefits uh, the side effect of uh, the time to market already uh, of our
0: sdk yeah yeah so yeah it's you guys providing the whole package basically and uh, you're hard pressed nowadays to find something that doesn't have open source technology in, in inside it isn't it and yeah i just noticed that's becoming a lot more popular as of late um and just moving on to Media Looks as a company and uh, fingers crossed we're coming out of COVID, we're coming out the side of COVID-19. Will you guys be making an appearance at in-person trade shows uh, or events this year or, or will you guys be holding back?
1: There's uh, there's two sides to it. There's um, sort of an emotional side and the, the practical side. Um, uh, at, like practical or social side to it. So I'd say that from, from um, the emotional perspective is uh, like the, this, this annual trip to IBC that we used to do, we do it, we do it in a nice way um, because we, we basically, um, uh, for the last um, three years, we've been renting the same house outside of Amsterdam, which sits on a lake. It has a piano. In the house yeah <laughs> Alex plays. <It> sounds great <laughs> and it has a boat yeah so it has it has a motorboat and with the motorboat you can go out to lakes and you can travel to other lakes through um sort of canals under the bridges it's it's like a super super nice team building and and the whole the whole thing is really nice it's it's like a I don't know, I can't imagine, it's, it's a really nice house, but they sold it so we, we're not going there anymore. And that happened, they, they did it right before COVID and um, we rented another house and then we moved the rental to another year and then we moved it to the third time. And the way we do it is we we um, rent a huge bus, the whole team gets in there and we take this two two day drive from, from our city to um, Amsterdam and then we go back and it's and it's this um, this sort of happening, this experience that we miss in in, in the show. On the other hand, um, um, the uh, the financial results and the sales result that we've shown through the past two years without ABC has has been really good. So we we are we are quite happy with uh, with our growth and. That sort of pumps the question: Was was that um, um, was IBC an important factor in in, in lead generation, or um, was it these two years just the, tr- the, the 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 fact that people's approach to uh, buying has transformed because there were no shows, so this factor kind of disappeared from the from the equation. So we don't know that. And uh, whether or not we're going um, this year or um, the, the, uh, the nearest 12 months is, um, I'm likely to say no um, for the simple practical reasons of the, the fact that there's still a lot of risks involved in whether the trip is going to happen. So getting a visa um, for the European Union has become more difficult. Any, any flight that you're having can potentially be canceled in if you're planning it for three months from now. If you're planning for the next week, you, you sort of have a feeling what's going on. It, maybe it's going to be okay. But if it's three months from now, you don't know how the situation will develop. They will say, okay, there's a new requirement with the vaccine or with something else with the test, or they're just going to plain cancel the whole thing. And the same applies to any show. Any show that is planned for December, there's no 100% guarantee it's going to happen. So that's kind of our framework.
0: And I know for a fact so many companies are in that same predicament of, like you said, uh, analyzing the financial figures from the year and and thinking, you know, are these trade shows going to be worth it for us this year? And and is the risk worth it, Um, which is a major part. But it, it really sounds like you guys, obviously, it wasn't just the trade shows for you, wasn't it? It, it was that whole team building experience as well, which is a, a crucial part of kind of company culture as well. Um, uh, it was always both. So it yeah. was
1: both the, the team building experience and uh, the, the communication with customers experience. And um, I would say that um, uh, all, the, all the relationships we have with customers are, um, a lot of them are quite personal. And um they they were all built, you know, in tiny bits that consists of meeting them annually at specific shows. And um, uh, that's how those relationships are built. So I think that I think it uh, that those the two of those sides would play a role in in going back to trade shows, but um, it's the risks that are holding us back, and I think many companies. So as, as soon as we go back to normal and everything is predictable, then hopefully we're going to we're going back to this really nice and useful practice.
0: I do miss the predictability of of pre COVID life sometimes. Um, And guys, support in itself, the concept of support is a topic that I also kind of wanted to touch on with you guys. That's something that you guys really value um, and and champion. How important do you guys think it is to kind of also let your customers help themselves in some respects? So um, with different types of software and solutions, I see a lot of companies now really emphasizing this this giving the customers the knowledge so knowledge bases uh frequently asked questions manuals things like that you know bringing that help to the customers allowing them to to find it themselves uh, do you think the kind of days of twenty four seven frontline support are over do, do you think customers will always need that level of, of of support um or do you think they can help themselves nowadays?
2: Well, I don't think that uh, the 24-7 support is necessary in the development world, because, well, if uh, something is in the development process, then there is not a mission critical, I I suppose. (laughs) Uh, for what I do believe uh, is that the tier-based support is uh, over, <laughs> because well, you don't, you really don't need to wait for the tier one, tier two, tier three engineer uh, to join the conversation to understand the problem. It's uh, really frustrating for customers, and if you can get the answer for your questions. Uh, uh, from the just a single person that knows your project that knows you personally and knows how to uh, cooperate with you properly and effectively uh, then it uh, benefits for the both sides uh, the customer is happy the engineers is happy uh, and the team is happy <laughs> uh, as for the help centers and documentation we basically covered the uh, Really basic scenarios of the SDK usage, <laughs> but uh, here and there there are tiny tricks uh, that customers need sometime, And uh, the best approach for them, on my mind, uh, is to ask the question for uh, to the support team, and we will, we are more than happy to uh, to describe the best possible approach to reach the goals, because sometimes. Uh, uh, the customers are really uh, get into the details too deeply. <laughs> and the solution it's, is yeah, yeah. really on the, uh, on the surface. And you don't need mm-hmm. to figure out the, the bits and bytes of each and every frame, whereas there is a possible solution with the simplest uh, approach. That's, that's uh, the, the fact that our support team is alive, I mean, uh, uh, is ready to cooperate uh, in person with customers, is one of the uh, decision making uh, factors for the customers. To work with
1: us. Yeah, that's true. And Alex, um, uh, there's also another side to support, which um, if you look at it from uh, the side of other products, like video transport or... Tar- uh, well, or- if there is a, a
2: scenario where the mission critical factors are important, like you are in production, then the 24-7 support is required. And uh, uh, we can discuss uh, this uh, type of support with uh, the with the customers if if it is necessary for them. But basically, uh, well <laughs> uh, if the product is really good you don't need the twenty four seven support. And we try our best to to build the, the reliable sanctions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I just know as a customer myself, I'm I'm always keen on finding the information myself, finding answers myself. Kind of gives me this, this sense of gratification if I can fix it myself. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you guys. It's important to have that next level of support uh, for customers who need it. And of course, mission critical customers, which I imagine makes up a, a fair amount of your customer base, um, what will, will be these mission critical broadcasters and, and medical organizations and things like that. Um, and then guys, this one is a question that we ask at the end of every podcast, um, and I'd like to get both of your opinions on this. And it's just, if you could summarize it in one word and one word only, what do you envision for the future of the broadcasting industry? Streaming. Streaming. What about you, Andre?
1: Well, my first, I agree with Alex totally, but uh, my first uh, answer was narrow casting. Okay. Which means basically the fact that um, uh, so broadcasting approach is, uh, you know, you have 50 options for a uh, hundred million people, like 50 options, maybe a hundred options. And with with where the industry is heading today, you have a zillion options to the same audience. So everybody's free to watch whatever they want. And the, the, the peak, the peak audience, the peak numbers for a show would would never reach the the, the whole audience so this the audience is being split into specific groups of interest and everybody's looking or watching exactly what they want
0: yeah no i definitely think that's the way forward um even just targeted advertising as well i think is going to be major it's going to be huge um for, for broadcasters and streaming platforms um in the future so i completely agree with you guys on that one especially streaming um it's it's huge at the moment isn't it absolutely massive um so obviously guys thanks for joining me today and and talking me through some of those questions are there any exciting uh, plans in the pipeline for you guys that you can talk to us about today or or is it all in the wraps at the moment um
1: sure well we we can we can mention a few things so um still heavily involved with a relatively new product which is um video transport so it's a um so this is the the video as is is a product that targets developers and other products that we're going to be talking about they target video engineers. So if you're a video video engineer who is um, engaged into producing things remotely or virtually which is a very popular subject these days then you need some kind of solution to deliver uh, raw feeds from remote locations to your um, vision Mix or studio or wh- wherever the place is where you handle the, the the streams and do their production or do their recording. So video, video transport is, is, is one of such solutions and it is um, um, pretty interesting and flexible. So it gives you scenarios like point-to-point video stream delivery or um, a synchronized uh, delivery from multiple cameras uh, to do a remote multi-camera production or such scenarios as um, when you are sending someone a link and he opens that link in, in a browser or, or an iPad and is a guest in your uh, show. Or um, a, a nice example actually of things that, that product a product like this can do is the the recently um, produced um, show with opera and uh, Obama, where they had this green screen, far side chat, and they were in different locations. But because of the green screen technologies, they sort of made it look like it was in one room. So this is this is production-wise, this is one of the trends and where we're responding to this trend with, with this video transport product. Another uh, application is uh, maybe Alex should talk about them is uh, Direct Take, which is a uh, brand new um, uh, multi-camera, multi, mul- multi-channel video recording solution, which is pretty neat, I think. And another one is uh, Direct Convert. Alex, can you, can you speak about those?
2: Uh, yeah, the direct take is uh, can be described in like uh, get a video from any kind of source, from cameras, from network streams, and capture it to any video files or stream it uh, to any protocols <laughs> you need. And uh, this direct convert, uh, the idea is to replace the hardware NDI to SDI and SDI to NDI converters with a software that does actually the same. On a single machine, you can convert up to 16 uh, signals from SRT feeds, from SDI feeds, from NDI feeds to SDI or NDI. And this, well, uh, simplifies and work for, for the customers so they don't need to manage a lot of hardware uh, devices uh, to keep them with, uh, in, in, in the case <laughs> uh, from show to show just can install the software and do the work it's yeah. the job.
0: no it, it sounds like it's really exciting times for you guys at the moment it's great to hear that you're obviously uh taking note of and responding to to customers needs and wants and a, a lot of the time now, especially with us as well, it's it's customers that just wanted to streamline their workflows um, and get as much as they possibly can in as little a package as possible, um, which we, we can't blame them for. Um, and how can people get in touch with Media Lux directly if they want to get in touch or inquire about anything?
1: Well, the starting point is our website, medialux.com. And uh, all around the website, there's, there's places where you have Contacts, and you can send a message, or or just send anything to um, sales at medialooks
0: Yep. So what we'll do, guys, we'll uh, link to your website in the podcast description. So anyone listening on on Spotify, Apple Music, any anywhere like that, uh, you guys can find the link to the website there. So once again, thank you very much, guys, for taking the time out today to to come and talk to me about Medialux and and some of the projects that you've got going on. Uh, really do appreciate it. Thank you, Neil. Thank Thank you, you. guys. Great speaking to you.